Football Manager Football Show. Brought to you by scoreline.ie. It's the Football Manager Football Show. This is episode number 87. My name is Ken McGuire. Uh, joined by uh, who this week? Oh, that's right. Shane's not here. Uh, he's gotten his birthday wish. Uh, and he's been able to abandon the podcast for this week and head to sunnier climes. At least you would hope that they would be uh, sunnier climes, given the Irish weather at the minute. Uh, but he's currently scouting the Croatian First Division ahead of a potential relocation for Football Manager 2023. Uh, but more on that later on. He might not be actually scouting the Croatian Football First Division, uh, but he is uh, out there and he'll be out there uh, for the week and we'll find out uh, a little bit more about that, I'd imagine, when he's back. But his absence this week uh, means that we land on podcast day and it's Friday night recording this, uh, by the way, which you might get uh, from the sound of uh, the comforts of my house instead of the studio this week. But it means there's been no action in the Football Manager Football Show uh, Save Universe. I haven't been near to lose for the week. And the Borel Orlando Pirates haven't had a look in at all. Uh, so what I'm going to do this week is uh, three things, uh, maybe four, uh, but I'll keep this one short and sweet and we'll be back to a bumper episode next week as we push through Christmas and into the new year, staying on track to wrap up our Football Manager 2022 journey before the official release of FM23. Uh, so this week I'm going to take a quick look at where things are for both uh, Toulouse and Orlando Pirates by way of a recap. This is like your mid-season recap episode to find out where we're at. Uh, with this week seeing uh, Sports Interactive drop their 42-minute headline feature video. I watched every second of it uh, for FM23 last night, which was Thursday. Uh, we're going to have a look back over some of the notes. I'll be sharing my own thoughts on those as well. And to top it off, given that FM23's beta release is probably somewhere in the region of two to three weeks away, uh, I'll have a run through 10 potential save ideas for Football Manager 2023 from far-flung leagues uh, to joining in with us uh, for Season 9. And in true radio form, there's even some special effects in there as well. It's been that kind of a week. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you've absolutely lucked out uh, by getting me all to yourself for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, but if you want a taste of the real deal, uh, I would skip back to last week's episode uh, or even all the way back to the start and soak up the 80-something episodes in between. Technically 86 if this is episode 87. I hope it's episode 87. As it's been a hell of a journey uh, since our beginnings in Argentina back in January 2021. On the merch front, our lovely die-cut stickers are winging their way to new homes uh, this week. Apologies that we couldn't get to everybody looking to nab one on the first run, but the second edition ones are going to be along soon. Uh, I do want to see photo evidence, by the way, of them in place, wherever they wind up. If it's going to be the front of your laptop or the back of the number 49 bus, uh, you can tweet us. It's at FMF show. Shoutouts this week to Tyler Devine uh, on Twitter, who got the honourable mention last week for his brief time with Finn Harps in the craziness of the Irish First Division before jumping back into uh, Shamrock Rovers or jumping ship I should say to Shamrock Rovers he's now at Hamburger FC FC SV uh, and has somehow uh, willed them up to 6th in the Bundesliga in his uh, second season the problem that you're going to run into there is that the good players end up going under the spotlight noses and heads get turned by more money elsewhere and at the risk of overachieving uh, you may find that you're you're in a bit of a bind when it comes to your third season. We've all been there a good bit. I'm kind of experiencing it a little bit with Hibs uh, this week and more on that very shortly as well. Uh, hat tip also to podcast uh, regular contributor by sliding into our DMs, uh, Ethan Hawkins, who's currently repping our hometown club of Kilkenny City FC with a bunch of uh, legacy and current league players along with some of the scoreline team as well a.k.a. Uh, Robbie Dowling, uh, banging in goals. I've seen Mikey Drennan has now moved uh, and has gone, I think, uh, where is he going? Oh, he's gone to Inverness. Has he gone to Inverness? Maybe he's gone to Inverness. I think Robbie has gone to Brighton. I think I've been changed uh, from a winger to a striker and I am now absolutely lording it in as the uh, supreme uh, commander of all things goal scoring, which is uh, great to see. Uh, reliving my championship manager 0102 dream all over again. Uh, but we'll have a look at that in a little bit more uh, detail. Might even bring Robbie into the conversation uh, next week. On the question side of things, because we posed some of these on Twitter during the week, wondering what in the name of God are we going to do for the podcast? Uh, but Sooner Jetta, at Sooner Jetta, has been asking this week, do we stream? Uh, how do we feel about guests? Uh, and what's our beer of choice? Um, do we stream at the minute? No, we have talked about um, streaming. Because uh, typically we do, so what we do is we do all the we do all the gaming um, 
during the week. That's how it works. So we get together on uh, maybe a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. Depends on how the week is going. You see, it's football season back again. So now you got to juggle training on a Tuesday and training on a Friday. And then um, the other head of the ball is doing a theatre production in November. The week after Football Manager 2023 uh, is released. Philadelphia, here I come. If you fancy coming down to Kilkenny and doing an FM session in the Watergate Theatre and we'll all go in the beer afterwards, you are more than welcome. We'll knock a bit of crack out of it as well. Um, but you juggle uh, you juggle a lot of things. So typically we do game nights on Wednesdays or, uh, or Thursdays and try and squirrel away uh, a few hours. Probably less more so nowadays than it would have been kind of in um in the FM twenty one cycle, which was the absolute height of COVID when you've got nothing to do but play football manager uh, and be great at the game. Um so uh, do we stream in the short answer? We don't. We have uh, spoken about it, we have looked at it. We've actually costed up some cameras as well for the studio uh, to see what we could do about um, you know, Maybe kind of branching out and playing a little bit of football manager in the office uh, on stream. Uh, at home here, uh, I've, I've uh, made a, a little bit of investment in sound and lighting and everything else with a view to uh, streaming something possibly solo uh, in FM23. Uh, and then what I saw uh, during the week is uh, Streamlabs have launched their new collab mode uh, as well. So you can invite... Uh, other Streamlabs users into uh, your stream. You can kind of like kind of like a co-stream, so you can appear on somebody else's stream and they can appear on your stream at the same time, and you can have your conversations and and share screens and all of that kind of thing. So we might look at something like that uh, for FM uh, twenty three and see what the story is. Certainly not adverse to it, um, but the, the the flow of conversation is usually something that cannot be streamed and absolutely shouldn't be streamed in the real world. In terms of guests, we haven't done an awful lot of uh, of guests. On a, uh, me speaking to you on my Todd is probably testament to that as well. I think the last time Shane took a break, uh, we took um, Vinny or Kahuna Gaming on uh, where uh, we played a little bit of draft while we recorded a podcast to speak to another Irish football manager player about what they're doing, why they're doing it, uh, and how they're doing it as well. Um, but in the time since, we haven't done an awful lot of it because the the nature of the podcast has been more about their save and the and the network save and what we're doing and while this season we've we've kind of forked things in the road and gone the way of uh here's what's happening in south africa and here's what's happening in toulouse or in, in france because we just kind of do uh, a little roll of the dice to finish out fm22 um the band will very much be be back together and possibly a little bit bigger uh for next season as well for season nine and for the football manager 2023 um cycle which leads to more conversation about the save and more conversation about football so uh, it's not about um it's not about not having on guests from not adverse to guests it just in 86 or 87 episodes hasn't really um become a thing um but if you'd like to be part of it and you think you've got something to add for the conversation, uh, or you want to have a pop at Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, or Demi Moore, or whatever your your um, uh, poison is, um, you can tweet us as well. It's at FMFshow, or you can email podcast at fmfshow.com. So we might have a bit of crack about it. Uh, beer of choice at the moment. Um, I'll get a slap on the wrist for this one. It's probably something uh, on the non-alcoholic variety. Uh, but... If you're giving me a if you're giving me a point, I'll take a point of Smithix. Please. And thanks. There you go. And if you can't get Smithix, go and look for it. It's absolutely gorgeous. David Lovegrove has been wondering if there have been any changes to how we would play uh or will record for FM23. Um the, so changes in terms of how we will play, probably not. We're still going on the on the network side of things. We'll still linger uh for the midweek side of things possibly with the with the uh, ability to swing a, a little game or two in-house. Uh, on Wednesdays and Thursdays as well to to speed things along. We are considering the introduction of another player, ladies and gentlemen. Player three may be uh, entering the game. We're in contract negotiations to bring a third party uh, into play here as well, which uh, should be uh, a little bit of fun. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit next week and see if we can get them on mic for a while as well. Uh, As to when we will start playing, when when the beta is out or when the full game comes out, I will probably... Uh, be all over the beta myself in a, in the solo sense when it comes out uh, to get to grips to it and test a few things, um, sim a few seasons and all of that kind of thing before the full game comes out so we can see how our plans for FM23 are going to pan out or if, or if it's possible for them to pan out the way I'm hoping they will. Um, but for us, and because there's 
you know, you go through kind of the, the database changes that would require you to start new games uh, when the changes are made or, or when certain changes to, to match engine stuff is made. Um, or if you want to see the full benefit of them, you better be playing a new save as opposed to uh, playing, you know, continuing your, your current save universe. We're very much about the universe and we're very much about uh, narrative. And when we look at the the FM23 stuff that's been announced this week, narrative is, is probably a good word to use to tack onto some of the features that have been revealed um, for this week, particularly like with the dynamic manager timelines, um, the the reaction and the, the press around uh, cup draws and, and cup competition and managers coming up against each other and starting to build a little bit of history there. So we like to keep the universe going and to give ourselves the best chance of keeping that universe going without running into um, any potential bugs or pitfalls. We will probably start FM23 on the the week of release of the game or like very worst case scenario, the week after the release of the game, in case there's any kind of zero day stuff um, that pops its head up. Uh, as to how we've been playing the game as well, because this came up during the week, and, and how we keep the universe going. Um, what we do is we we do use the the in-game editor. So the in-game editor itself typically doesn't become available in uh, the Steam Marketplace until the official release um is there. Now we did it we I suppose you could get through a season without using the editor. So what we do is we just enable the editor at the end of the season when we're looking to move to another club. Um the South Africa and Toulouse side of things was a little bit different because we both jacked in the jobs in Scotland and rather than move to the MLS which we had planned to do and do uh do uh, uh the the twin LA teams and and take them through for a full season in the MLS and try and wrap our heads around that one and uh, what we did was jack in the jobs and just go the the job application route and see how we could go there um but we will we will probably steer ourselves back to dropping ourselves out of one club and dropping ourselves straight into another club. And then you close off the editor, you forget about it, and you move on. And when we get to the end of the season, we'll open up the editor again and then go, okay, I'm going to transfer you to this club, I'm going to transfer me to this club, and then the process begins again. So that's how that's working. Uh, Which is a grand way to tell you uh, what is happening in the save as a reminder of where we're at in the game right now. So we're heading into the first week of October uh, in real life. Uh, and we're currently in December 2024 in game life, uh, having already come through uh, Turkey and Italy and Scotland for this season. Uh, for me with Toulouse, the club finished in 16th place last season. We were level on points. Uh, say we were level on points. It wasn't. They were level on points. Uh, with relegated Strasbourg ahead of them uh, on straight relegation by a single goal. Now, they had won their relegation playoff. Uh, they picked up six wins, 11 draws, carried 17 defeats across the league, 29 points from 34 games. So after 15 games played in the league for this season, we're oh, 36 games, so we're, we're almost we're almost kind of at the halfway point. Uh, we will be by the end of December. We've got three league games left. I've got the club sitting on ninth uh, with 21 points. So we're only six points off, our, uh, sorry, six points off, eight points off our total for last season with just over half the season left to play. Uh, we've matched the six wins from last year as well, uh, and coupled with the six defeats, we've got three draws. Now, it's not the worst performance. Uh, if I was treating it as a solo save, then this one would be more the year for laying the foundations, kind of similar to what I'm doing with Hibs at the minute on a possible three-year arc. I think I have, to be fair, I think I have enough time to get in a third year uh, while all of this other stuff is gone before FM23 comes out. And now that I have the Scotland gig and there's a World Cup qualification on the line, um, it's it's very much a possibility. But look, we've done well enough uh, with Toulouse on the goal-scoring front. We've 25 goals in 15 games. We've conceded 16 uh, through November. We've got six clean sheets out of those 25 games as well. Uh, for Thomas Kaminsky, he was signed on a free transfer from uh, Watford because the club had the absolute brain child idea to go and uh, sell Pedersen somewhere. I have no idea. Uh, as it happens, I have Pedersen now lined up for a third season for Hibs, so there's a little bit of a crossover between the, the two worlds. Uh, November wasn't too kind for us. It started with a 3-1 defeat to Lyon, uh, followed by a 1-0 loss to Nice, and then a fairly sloppy 2-0 draw with Saint-Étienne uh, before I got to kick off December with a 1-0 win over Dijon. I've got Rennes and Montpellier left this side of Christmas. That brings us up to the halfway mark along with the ninth round of the Coupe de France 
uh, the draw yet to take place. I have no idea who I'm going to be playing, but they're coming up and on the 21st, so three, four days before Christmas. I don't have any European football to cope with this year, so the focus is really on league efforts uh, and avoiding relegation. The transfer window just around the corner, still a little bit of wiggle room. I got 5.4 million uh, in the transfer budget. I think there's 8 million overall in the bank. There's about 30 grand spare in terms of uh, wages, weekly wages. Uh, one or two loan deals in for January, I think, is the ticket for a mid-table finish this season. And because I know that, I think because FM22, like our FM22 journey uh, is coming to an end after this save, and then we're straight into 23. So now is the time, kind of like we did when we finished in Spain uh, for the FM21 cyclist. Like, you've you've got nothing else to play for or to plan for. I have no plans for Toulouse beyond this save and we have no network plans for ourselves in FM22 beyond the current season. So it's like, spend the money that you have. Take the risks that you want to take. Figure out the players that are really shitty. Make your mistakes or, you know, make your mad transfers and and roll the dice and see what happens. Like, I reckon at that stage, you're going, what did I say? I had 21 points, eight points off where we were last season. Another three wins, if the season pans out like it did last season, we should be kind of safe enough. We get into 30 points, we get into 40-point territory, and then you're like, okay, well, now I'm just going to see what happens if I play this formation in France and this formation in France. I've got no ambitions to win the league. Uh, we're the only ones to take uh, points off PSG, but they're they're top. They've got 14 wins after 15 games, um, what I don't know, what does that give them? A lot of a lot of points, forty two points, forty three points because they have the draw uh, against us as well. I still reckon we should have had that one. We let Messi in for a ninety third minute equaliser. It was a heartbreak in one of the early games, like first or second game of the season. Uh, for Shane's schedule, uh, bar one or two blips, he's got nothing but green lights on the results front. Uh, like the South African setup is a little bit on the mad side though, and uh, maybe it's and maybe it is just how um it happened when we loaded the game up. Uh, so we loaded in South Africa and we loaded in Mexico, maybe Colombia. Uh, we put in a few of them anyway um, at the end of the Scottish season. So by the time the game gets to, I don't know, whatever the date was, like June something, 9th, for argument's sake, uh, when the game turn over and it will tell you when the league becomes available to play. There wasn't a single manager at a single club in any of those countries uh, top divisions so every single job was available in South Africa every single job was available in Colombia every single job was available in Mexico and then there was a little bit of kind of player gaps too um, but they've been addressed uh, Orlando Pirates Shane uh, sits on top of the DSTV Premiership he's got 9 wins from 11 games with a goal difference of plus 24 like Cape Town are 5 points behind and 13 goals adrift as well Amazulu uh, were the current title holders. Uh, they've only managed four wins from 12 so far this season. Uh, but the mad side of the nation is the absolute sheer amount of club and cup games that appear. Like, well, I've been out, you know, kind of happy enough out in France with four or five months of games now. And you're only doing three to four games a month when you're not involved in, in European competition. And then the, the Coupe de France stuff doesn't happen until December, January. Uh, South Africa seems to be working out about six or seven games a month. And that's just heading into December. Like the CAF Confederations Cup, this is where they had merged, like years ago, had merged the original uh, CAF Cup and the African Cup Winners Cup. Uh, that's the latest one to make an appearance. The Nedbank Cup is on the way in February. The MTN and Telecom Cups are already out of the way and then he had the one where you have to save up the beer tokens and, and go in and, and play that one as well. Uh, so there's a lot of games going on. Like Orlando, to be fair, they're holding their own on the financial front. They have about 4 million quid in the bank. There's no transfer budget. They're dropping about 70 grand a week on wages for the entire squad. Uh, and Shane has about 25, 20, I think the count is 26 players um, on the first team side of things. A lot of them at star player and important player level maybe one or two regular starters but it's a young enough team as well like there's five of those 26 are over the age of 28 the majority of the squad are under 24 like 23 down all the way to 16 has been playing some of those younger players as well but in south africa it's staffing that seems to be the big problem like almost halfway through the season there's a head of youth development um, there's a handful of coaches involved, but he can't lay his land or lay his hands on a, a, a technical director. Uh, there's no scouts, so he can't scout anything, competitions, opposition, anything like that. Um, there's no chief scout. There's no physio. 
Um, there is a chief doctor, but no other doctors. Uh, no sports scientists. And oddly enough, this doesn't seem to matter because there's nothing really happening on the on the injury front, uh, which is a bit gas. Uh, he does have the best coaching setup in the league. Uh, mind you, they were predicted for uh, a second place finish, uh, five points clear and almost at the halfway mark. But like the notions of hitting a slump are probably like well off. There's been so many games within the Cups and the friendlies and the league uh, and he's absolutely uh, notching up the wins uh, and is likely to secure, I would imagine, uh, the Premiership for this season. So if we, like, if we manage to clear a month a week, that gives us December, January, February, March, April and May. So that's six weeks to get to the end of the podcast journey. We kind of need to do it in the next five in order to land kind of bang on for release week. Uh, for FM23. Like once this weekend is through, uh, I'm going to be adding a couple of mid-season updates, some screenshots, some transfer activity onto fmfshow.com, our lovely website. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at uh, for the minute in the network world. On the Hibs front, uh, I'm finally beyond January with just uh, the one move inward in the transfer window. I'm after picking up um, Inter's uh, Martin Satriano. Uh, so he's joined the club on loan. He was there while I was at Inter uh, early in the cycle, early in the, the FM22 cycle. Um, but he never really got a look in. Like, he's got some serious potential, though. He's been on the radar for a while. He's now 23 years old, uh, yet to be capped by uh, Uruguay, has lined out for their under-23s. Six foot two, 14 on the finishing side of things, 15 on the heading, got decent pace, solid work rate technique, fairly good composure, acceleration, finding that right spot for him with with Pereira and Parrot jockeying for, for the top two. And I'm still a little bit torn in the Scotland side of things. I think I've done too much tweaking this season, to be fair, uh, as to whether I play two up top. Like last season, it was pretty much two up top all the way. And then this season, it was like, no, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go with one. And if I'm under pressure, I'll put three up top um, and see how we go. So there's, there's been a little bit of, of messing around probably. Chris Cadden is gone. Uh, Chris Cadden I had playing at uh, right wing back, uh, but Nico Williams came in, so he drifts between uh, right back, right wing back, uh, attacking mid on the right hand side. Uh, Carl Fila, who I brought in as well, is there. So Cadden's not getting an awful lot of games and racked up a load of injuries. So he's gone to Canada. I get some much needed dollars. Uh, but the revelation over Christmas, having brought him into the Scotland setup. Uh, for the final two games of the Nations League uh, was uh, Kevin Nesbitt. I didn't get to make too much of him last season, um, but dropping him from an advance forward to a shadow striker is like I've unlocked the magic potion that gets Kevin Nesbitt to to work in that AMC position as a shadow striker uh, and proved uh, dynamite. I think he did a goal in the free, two goals in the in the game against Wales. Uh, and we went out and we got thumped against Ireland. Um, but uh, since then in the league, he's added, this is only in the space of a couple of weeks, he's added three or four goals uh, for himself as well. So we're back to fourth in the league. We've slipped two places from last week. Uh, we've 25 games played. Uh, so it's very possible that a few hours this weekend, I'll see season two out of the way and we'll give in to season three, uh, largely because... There's a World Cup qualifying at stake too, and I'm going to hazard that this will be the last international job I have until I'm a few seasons into FM23. Celtic are pacing the league. 23 wins from 25 games, uh, 69 points leads away, 14 clear Rangers who are starting to peel away just that little bit. Uh, and then Aberdeen are there in third on 52, uh, me back in fourth uh, on 48. Uh, Celtic's goal difference alone is, is killer in the league. 52, uh, like a plus 52 is where they're at. That's over double to me. Uh, which is the next highest on 23. Uh, Ignacio Pusetto has been their absolute shining star this season. He had 5-31 and 31 games last season. He'd signed from Watford for 4.3 million this season, which is the 2024-25 season. Uh, he's on 17 goals in 25 games. He is absolutely banging them in. Uh, and he's got another Argentinian up top alongside him as well, Nicolas Fernandez. He starts out at San Lorenzo, bought himself a 5.5 million move to Celtic. He doesn't have 17 goals, but I think he's hit, I think he's hit 12 or 13 uh, for Celtic in the league as well already. Between the two Argentinian lads up top, they're absolutely coasting it. Uh, Troy Parrott and Danilo Pereira, joint top scorers for me again so far this season, 14 each to their name. Troy Parrott, 108 attempts on goal. Three of those, uh, three of those goals are penalties, uh, mind you. 
Uh, Nisbet has seven chipped in, uh, four or five of those coming only in the last kind of month or so. Uh, and Liam Henderson doing his bit. February is a hellish month uh, to get through. I'm going to have something up on the tacticalmanager.com about it shortly because I've, I've got the mid-season report written. Um, finally, uh, but we got to start off with a 3-2 defeat to Rangers. I've got Juventus twice in the Europa League in the first round knockouts along with an away game next to Aberdeen, the Scottish Cup fifth round, two home games against Motherwell and St. Mirren, uh, and then March and April, thankfully, are looking quiet enough before the championship split in about 10 games' time. But you can follow those updates during the week on Twitter, at Tactical Manager, or check the Tactical Manager uh, for some new blog posts. Which moves me on nicely to Football Manager 2023. So out of the blog, we, uh, and you can read this online, the tacticalmanager.com as well, or find the links on the socials. Uh, this week we saw the release of the Football Manager 2023 headline feature reveal video. We know the game is coming out on the 8th of November, and now we know uh, a lot more about what's going on. There's five key areas uh, that have been impacted this week, so... Uh, recruitment, uh, there's a big revamp for recruitment. We match AI and animation is getting new going over. There's obviously the UEFA club competition licenses. Uh, supporter confidence is probably a, a fairly cool one as well. Uh, and dynamic manager timelines will be uh, another one. So uh, if you haven't watched the 42-minute video and you need a breakdown of what's going on, uh, very quickly, on recruitment revamp, we get details of uh, what's coming in, including a new squad planner, where kind of based on your tactic, uh, every single position in the squad, you can rank and you can rate all the players in terms of how good they are. So you're looking, and this includes players that are on your shortlist, not just players that are in your team already. So you can get an idea. It's like you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh God, you know, maybe I'm going to bring in Adeyemi. What would Adeyemi look like in my squad and in my current setup? Or what would Haaland look like on top? Or what would uh, Pusato look like if I was going to bring him from Celtic to Hibs? Who would he fit in with? How would he work out? How does he rank uh, with the players that are currently in the team as well? So all of that stuff you can see. Uh, and seemingly, depending on how you read it, uh, you know, where you'll see... You know, players are impacted by where they're at in your own tactical setup and the live tactical setup and the match tactical setup. This is just like your notebook. The players will never know, but your staff will know, um, which is an interesting one. And you can use this as a squad planner for your current season and you can rank and rate the players that are in there, but you can also use it for next season uh, and you can use it for the season after as well. So you can use it to kind of help, again, with this kind of whole idea of... of um, of uh, of narrative and, and the kind of stuff that we do in the in the save universe and continuing your own story and continuing your own uh the, your own journey that this looks like uh, a good kind of feeder into that uh, on the scouting front there's recruitment changes uh you uh, the percentage uh of how much like by percentage a player is scouted that's gone. Uh, the scouts are going to do more work in the background uh, on recruitment. They have kind of three or four stages that they're going to go through. So rather than overburdening your inbox with constant player recommendations uh, that need to be kind of scouted repeatedly, that's all changed. Uh, and you can be really specific and really kind of hone in uh, on your recruitment focus. So you're looking for particular positions. Again, kind of like the the current player recruitment side of things. It's just way more refined and the scouts are going to do a lot more work before you're throwing up uh, lists of players. Uh, when it comes to agents as well, their influence seems to be coming more into the game for this year. Any deal to do with a top player, it's got to go through the agent. So the conversation with agents has been evolved uh, a little to allow some backing off or contesting elements of an agent's proposal around a player. So whether it's about wages or costs or uh, playing time, you know, rather than just going, oh, hey, we want to buy this player. Oh, yeah, thanks for the feedback. Let's go. These demands sound fine. We'll be in touch. Now it is like, uh, you know, we don't think we're going to be able to afford what you're telling us, but where is where is the wiggle room in this? What can we kind of adjust to try and get this deal over the line before talking to the player, before talking to the club and everything else along it, uh, which makes things uh, makes things interesting. I think certainly for the top players, 
and probably has a, a trickle down effect all the way to kind of lower league side of things. Recruitment meetings are also changing and evolving too. They're becoming more bespoke, uh, tailored to where you're currently at in the season. There's going to be like an early season meeting. Uh, a few days into your new job, you get suggested targets. Uh, a few weeks later, you're updating or you're getting an update on the process to sign players and offload players and review targets. Uh, and then you get more of them kind of specific to uh, transfer deadline day, the focuses that you've set um and you know things that you need to work on or, or maybe look on for the season ahead on the match ai and animation side of things ai managers seem to be the the big one for for getting the overhaul where they're now more geared to pick up uh, the right tactic the right instruction uh when taking on human managers and other ai managers as well so you'd imagine going up against jose Mourinho should reflect more of a, a real world Josie Marino or how Pep is lining out a side or how Klopp is lining out a side or how Graham Potter is going to get Chelsea playing that that should be more kind of reflective within the game as as just being you know as opposed to just being a name and a reputation there's also a massive change on the defensive side of things we've had like you know great um uh pressing football for for FM20 for FM22 you see another kind of four two three one gig and press tactic is like oh yay great but now there's there's very much a, an emphasis on uh, defensive play and defensive shape some of the terminology for out of possession tactics has changed um you know when you uh, when you trigger presses uh, on a sliding scale more often less often what the definition of your defensive line is getting into low blocks mid blocks um, where the pressing traps lie, cross engagements, do you stop crosses, do you invite them on, uh, goalkeepers and other AI players uh, seem to be more or have the potential to be more imposing uh, and at least on the animation side of stuff you'd hope some of those kind of um, uh, previously maybe ridiculous goalkeeper animations and other kind of choppy player stuff looks like it may have been uh, knocked on the head and things are a little bit more fluid. The UEFA club licensing is there we've known about this for a few weeks now and uh, but on the video and you can check check out the video on the si games youtube channel uh, i've got screenshots up on the blog as well but you've got uh, a whole run of things that are going to be happening um to give you more of that match day feel as fm tries to maximize the impact of the licenses so walkouts are going to have all the match day props for european games you get the star ball in the center circle the trophy lifts are bespoke for each of the Champions League and the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. Um, there's uh, new sleeve patches on kits. This is more the kind of nerdy stuff uh, that will dynamically change based on the competition um, that you're in. And that technology then has been able to kind of ship across to the league side of things. So you're in the Premier League, your jersey's got a Premier League patch on, you get relegated, you're back into an EFL patch or a Championship patch, you're going down to League One, there you go. You're win the champ. You're in the Champions League, you got your Champions League badge on your arm. You win the Champions League, you got that gold badge on your arm. So you'd imagine there's going to be a few people kind of chasing that for, for bragging rights. Uh, but the draws are all changing as well. So they're going from that kind of list that a lot of us just kind of look at or skip over or hit automatic draw, uh, and it's going to a new full screen experience. And this is where the narrative elements all come in. So it's like where you've started, where are you now? You're getting more context for competitions for clubs that you're facing, reading into that, I would imagine it's like, oh, if you've been drawn, you know, if you're a regular in European competition and you expect to feature in the Champions League every season, it's like, oh, well, last season we got this side and this season we have, you know, United are in my group again or we don't tend to fare well against teams, you know, out in Eastern Europe or um, Southern Europe or we have, you know, bad records against Italian teams and, you know, how all of this stuff starts to, to stack up. Oh, and the music, the music is in there as well, so there's no more excuses for playing uh, football manager with the sound off. What I'm really looking forward to, though, is the supporter confidence side of things. So there's this new supporter uh, confidence feature. You're not just left kind of scratching your head at the 50-50 tweets that have been coming in the social stream um, that I've probably started skipping an awful lot over. And the, the month-end 8F ratings, um, again, by kind of reading into the video side of things, look like uh, they've been gone. So on the club vision screen, you'll now have uh, the board vision, which includes your actionable, uh, actionable objectives, the informationable objectives, your five-year plan, see how you're getting on. 
but now you've got the the feedback between the board and the the supporters at all ways. So, uh, you know, the board wants you playing one way, but the supporters want you playing another way. So the supporters uh, only want you to sign in German players. They want you to play attack and football. They want you to finish above a particular team in the league. And if you're not satisfying what the fans want, then the relationship between the fans and the board comes into play. So if the board are heavily swayed by the fans, um, despite your performance, you might find yourself looking uh, for a new job. But the whole idea is that the new feature makes sure that fans are more uh, represented and can directly impact your ongoing game and the choices that you make and the choices that the club and the board are going to make as well. Uh, You do get to see a breakdown of your fan base which is probably more of an interesting one, really. Uh, uh, like the the proportion of uh, uh, it's broken down as uh, in a supporter profile. It's broken in so you can see the uh, level by percentage of hardcore fans, core fans, uh, families, fair weather fans, corporate fans, which is an interesting one, uh, and casual fans. I presume like. Uh, armchair supporters, you'll get an idea on how the club is supporting from a, a social media side of things, um, the the number of supporters who have season tickets and get regular updates on those, uh, and then the number of supporters that are on season ticket wait lists. I'd be curious to see how that little nugget is going out there. Uh, and then there's a the supporter culture uh, and, and tying into those expectations as well, weighing them up against, you know, the supporters having particular favourite personnel at the clubs, what supporters think of other teams that are in the league, even throwing an eye on, on finances and, and things like that. I'm curious to see where the the breakdown, like that breakdown or the proportion of the, the casual hardcore Fairweather fans, what that's like when you come to big clubs uh, or when you come to uh, smaller clubs and, and kind of lower league things. Like if it's, you know, if you're, if you're, heading towards uh, I don't know uh, you know clubs that would have like hardcore uh, ultra fans and things tend to get a little bit hostile on, on match days or if you're playing you know top tier or bottom tier or if you're going to uh, you know like uh, I mentioned Kilkenny City earlier on where you've got a club and a ground that's you know more important to the the community and to family like does does it shape particular values or particular um, expectations does it have an impact on business does it have an impact on ticket sales um, does it have an impact on the kind of games that you can attract or, or what's going to happen over the season uh, opens the door for opens the door for a couple of questions but how much influence the fans can have on the board your job security and all of that all comes into play uh, and if you're ignoring the fans where they have a big influence on the board like I said, that could lead you into trouble. And then dynamic manager timelines was the last one. So this is another new feature for the game for this year and a big visual element for the game for this year. Essentially reframing uh, milestones and achievements in um, football manager. So like new changes, you know, on top of achievements like winning a league and winning awards, which you can see in your milestones. You know, you get a job, you win a league, you win a cup, you get sacked. Or you get a job, you win a league. You leave a club and you're signed by a new club. Uh, so now the the timeline, which appears as part of the end of season review, uh, includes elements like you know you signed bargain players, the relationship you had with certain players, big wins over rivals, kind of key moments in in a season, which turn into key moments in your career. And I think then as you like typically for for the network save, we get through uh, four seasons. Now, four seasons, you can create a bit of history in, in four seasons. You know, you can, like, when we're playing against each other as as rivals, that's a big thing. That's that's a big thing. That's part of it. Uh, cup competitions are in there. Wonder Kids signings, you know, kind of trying to break records and stuff for the seasons. All of that comes into play. Uh, Wonder Kids performing miracles, very much. They're going on the they're going on the list. It's more about kind of highlighting the more of the personal achievements on a whole game level as opposed to just. Uh, lifting trophies but they're the five kind of key areas um, that are getting an upgrade for fm23 uh, in november recruitment revamp uh, match ai and animation uh, the uefa club competition license uh, supporter confidence and dynamic manager timelines and i'm fairly sure uh, on uh, as you were listening to this podcast uh, si have just released a whole series of in-depth blog posts on those as well you can go and check them out at footballmanager.com
And that brings me on to the last part for this week, uh, which uh, looks at Football Manager 2023 save ideas. So to wrap things up, I did suggest that I give you uh, 10 ideas for Football Manager save uh, for 2023. Uh, 1 to 10. Let's go. Number one. Special effects, ladies and gentlemen. Bringing a club back to life. Clubs exist in the Football Manager database that have a history uh, and are just listed as extinct. This has been a thing for years. In Ireland, uh, Limerick, uh, who've been superseded by uh, Treaty, uh, Kilkenny, um, who were replaced by uh, Lord knows who has the license now uh, at this stage. There's one or two that have been and gone since. Uh, but these are prime examples of clubs, at least in the Irish sense, in recent years, where the stadiums are there, the fans are there. The club history is there, but the teams have nowhere to compete. Um, so could you use the editor on release week and drop them back into a division uh, and restore the team's honour and glory? I tried to do it with Kenny in FM 17 and 19 and 20. Failed miserably. Just kind of ran out of steam, uh, really, before losing myself in this universe for 2021 and 2022. But there's a really decent project in there. Uh, some clubs in the UK have folded, only to be reborn in recent years. Chester, uh, Barnet, Bury. Uh, Southend United back in the National League all fell on hard times. Grab the editor, search out the clubs who are extinct, um, as in they're definitely not playing in any league, but the clubs are there, and restore them uh, to former glory. It's also kind of a cheaper option than just going down the create a club uh, feature. Uh, bonus points too if it's Kilkenny, and then you can also keep us up to date on how you're doing. Again, hat tip to Ethan Hawkins uh, for that when he's flying the black and amber uh, for the next couple of weeks. Two. 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 Get yourself an Achievement Hunter save. This one, super easy to follow if you're paying attention to what's happening in Steam or the Epic Store as you hit certain milestones in the game. Some people love the achievement side of things. Some people have no idea what I'm talking about. This season for me, I've been able to pick up just 38 of 98 achievements. And some of them are really easy to do, as in some of them you just literally have to read the achievements list and go, oh, all I need to do is set all of my free kick instructions, and there's an achievement in that, or all I need to do is do uh, this, this, and this, and there's an achievement in that. And these can help you kind of tick things off uh, along the way. Some of the achievements, though, need you to invest an awful lot of time. Like, there's loads of things in there, everything from winning a domestic cup to breaking transfer records, uh, taking manager of the year award, to being headhunted for a job, uh, maxing out your board confidence, all the way up to receiving 20 manager of the year awards which means you need a career that lasts at least 20 years, becoming a national hero by taking promotion from the bottom to the top division in a nation, taking over your childhood team, uh, scoring in 30 consecutive games, racking up 100 million in career earnings uh, to do and stuff with fantasy drafts and the rest of it as well. Like Obviously, some of those are well beyond the reach for a network save like ours, but they give you some targets to go and hit in the next 12 months. Three. Three. Number three is a well-favoured approach of a journeyman save. Um, this is like the difference between playing arcade mode FM and real world FM or more real world FM. Like by arcade mode FM, I mean, yes, you can go and you can take over Real Madrid or Bayern or Liverpool and drop 500 million quid a season on transfers and win everything around you and feel great in the short term. But if you had no badges and you had Sunday league experience and you can barely walk into a national league job, like how far do you think uh, you would get? So start unemployed, take the first job that you get offered, do your best or at least enough to warrant either another job offer or decent application and keep on moving until you are at the absolute top of your game. Four. For number four, you could emulate a manager. Like everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, there was a lot of talking, like FM 20, uh, maybe 2021, uh, about the Alex Ferguson save being one example where you um, you do the, the whole thing of uh, when did he take over United? November 1986. There's a date. 6th of November, 1986. United were second from bottom in the league. So you holiday all the way to that date, to the 6th of November in your first season. And then you take over whatever club is second from bottom of the table at that point in the season. You got to save the club from relegation and then you go on to fill out what Alex Ferguson's resume would have been. He did uh, a domestic up within four seasons. He did a league one within seven. He did the double within... Uh, no, League One within seven, uh, a double within eight by the next year, uh, and then a League Cup and Champions League treble within 13 seasons. 
but there's a couple of stipulations. You have to promote at least one new player from your youth academy uh, to the seniors every season. You can't use the in-game editor. You can't buy or sell uh, from direct rivals, um, little things like that. You could follow Graham Potter's career. So you start in like the lowest tier of Swedish football and then make your way to, you know, top of the Premier League side of things. You could do a Jose Mourinho side of things. You could do, um, you know, whoever your favorite manager side of it is. Pick somebody, start where they started and try to continue their path or replicate uh, their path. Emulating a manager and football manager 2023, maybe not as easy as it sounds, but it's good crack. Five. Five. Pentagon Challenge, another challenge that takes a little bit of work, uh, but the aim is to win the top five continental trophies in each of Asia, Africa, Europe, South America, and North America. So these are the Asian Champions League, the African Champions League, the European Champions League, as in the UEFA Champions League, uh, South American Champions League, and the North American uh, Champions League, like all of the trophies have to be won in a single save. So it's kind of like what we're doing with uh, with our world. So it's not like you go off and you, oh, it's nice when I took Liverpool and we won the Champions League in the first season. Yay, well done. And then I made a new save where I went to Africa and I took Orlando Pirates and we won the African Champions League. Yay, well done. You got to do it all within the one save, which means you got to be strategic about where you start. Because if you start in... If you start in Europe, uh, you still got to make your way to Africa. You got to make your way to Asia. So do you do you tackle a kind of maybe slightly easier, uh, easier contents or easier continents? Um, do you look for teams with like massive resources and try and scratch things off a list? Particularly, do you get so far and then you have to abandon it and you come back because you've done really well in South Africa and you've done really well in uh, North America and now you've got. The opportunity to take on a job because you've you've got to you've got to take your opportunities. You can't move there, so you got to work, um, you know, to get uh, job offers and to work yourself into teams that will give you the best chance of winning the Champions League for that continent. You've also got to start unemployed. You've also got to start without coaching badges. You've also got to start with the lowest possible previous experience, and you can't manage uh, a national team. It's kind of like the journeyman save, but you just have to figure out the right path to start. Journeyman save you don't necessarily need to win anything with this one. You've got to take the continent's absolute top honours. So it could take you five or six seasons or it could take you 15 or 20 seasons depending on how you're going. Six. Six, 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 six. This is maybe where I'm going for FM23 if I can pull off the kind of the first step which would be to revive um, Kilkenny and I've always wanted the Irish job. I almost thought I had the Irish job uh, for FM22 but I landed um, the Scotland job. Subsequently got offered the Welsh job but Stephen Kenny did enough, uh, despite not qualifying for any major competitions, imitating real life, of course, um, that uh, he still managed to hold on to his job. So this is this is like the idea of only buying players from the Basque region. Uh, or um, I followed uh, Mad FM's uh, Northern Boys save, though maybe a little bit broader in terms of who you can who you can bring in. So I'm thinking you start yourself in the Irish first division. You've got two lofty aims. You need to win the Champions League with an Irish club and you need to win the World Cup with the Republic of Ireland. Bonus points for you if you are still an Irish club manager and managing the Republic of Ireland at the same time. By way of a transfer embargo, you can only buy Irish players who are based in Ireland or Irish players who are abroad. Or you could, with a little twist, promote non-Irish players provided they have come through your club academy in Ireland. There's a lot of Irish things going on. If there's one thing that marketing folks love at the minute, it's guaranteed Irish. Seven. So we've seen the non-league to legend, the the Park to Prem saves, um, but in line with at least one of the achievements that are available, you've got to get a bottom to the top achievement that's just waiting to be unlocked. In the lowest possible division in a game or a country with like a four to five league tier structure or tiered league structure you got to take one of the division's worst teams and drag them all the way to the country's top tier so think uh say you're going from the the conference or the national league uh, all the way to the premier league whatever the lowest division that is available in game yes absolutely you could take on you know the add-ons that are going to be available after the fm23 release where you get into the ninth and the 10th and the 11th and the 12th tier uh, of english football but whatever the lowest 
level is available on the release of the game you work your way up you get your promotion you win your league title as you go all the way to the top you take your premier league title and then go all the way again win it all in europe bonus points too uh, for european victories and for sticking it out uh, with the same club eight this one inspired by fm elder who's been sharing some views with us uh, as in like view screens and view setups uh, over the last couple of weeks you've got to make it all about the statistics uh, some might call this uh, the moneyball kind of idea um if you've seen the film moneyball if you haven't give it a watch it's very very good um but there are ways within the default skin to hide all of the player attributes on appearance so never mind looking for your striker with finishing of 18 and composure of 19 or you know uh, wingers with pace and acceleration of 17 and super strength and jumping the reach of a Portuguese goat uh, you get the attributes hidden and you build your team purely around statistics you watch how your players are playing for movement you get your scouting done on the basis of statistics as opposed to attributes so you're looking at shots per 90 minutes completed tackles per game for defenders uh, goals conceded for goalkeepers you know stuff that you can see on a statistic basis percentage of of saves uh, xg for players maybe attempts on goal per game a pass completion ratio for your deep line playmakers aerial battles won for those kind of six foot three defenders that you're looking for maybe you can't see their height because you can't see that they're six foot three um, things like that players in football manager often more than just a number and there's so much gold in the statistics nine for this one you could go pure wildcard i've been a fan of um the absolute weird connotations and suggestions that perchance.org uh can throw out i'll put a link in the show notes here but it's a dinky little uh script that spits out a random scenario for you to attempt uh in football manager for example you could manage cs learn it uh initially using a 4-2-3-1 formation and your ethos is to work your way to the top by any means jumping ship at the first opportunity and making no friends in the process or you could manage acf fiorentina uh, initially using a 4-6-0 hello striker this uh, formation and your ethos is to only sign players from the southern hemisphere so many possibilities perchance.org Give it a look. 10. And lastly, why not set up a save to join us on our journey? Uh, we like to get through four countries over the course of FM23, or we're likely to do it anyway, unless we hit restart on the pandemic and then end up with like a load of spare time. Uh, get a save going where you're in one country as long as we are before we move on. And then let's compare notes. So if we're in the MLS, you're in the MLS. If we're in the Belarusian Premier League, you're in the Belarusian Premier League for the duration that we're there. You'll move on. We'll move on. And we'll share your story along with our story. And that's it. A lengthy wrap on where we're at. A Football Manager 2023 uh, update in terms of what the game is doing. And some save ideas to keep you occupied as well. We're going to be back next week with a return to action in South Africa and France as we move towards the new year in the Football Manager Football Show universe. I have been Ken McGuire without Shane O'Keefe this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, a tactical manager. You can tweet the podcast. It's at FMF show. You can get all the episodes online at FMFshow.com, Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you do your podcast listening uh, and online as well at scoreline.ie. If you have made it this far and you like what you hear, you can leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform. Every little helps. And until next Friday, good luck. <laughs> The Football Manager Football Show, brought to you by scoreline.ie.